0: So my name is Philip Palumbo, the host of the Palumbo podcast. Today we have with us Joe Cambarato, who is the CEO of National Business Capital for the last 15 years, which he is a fintech platform for business lending. This podcast is all about learning about entrepreneurs and how they got to the top. And Joe surely has gone to the top. So Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Phil. I appreciate it as well, too. All right. Awesome. So Joe, if you don't mind, let's start with telling my audience on what you do exactly.
1: Yeah, so um, I founded National uh, back in 2007. Um, We've grown into become one of the uh, leading fintech marketplaces um, in the country for small business lending. So what that means is uh, we help small to medium-sized owners access capital. They apply in one place. We have over 75 different lenders on my platform and myself and my team helps match owners to um, the right lender. And we do that very quickly. Um, we have um, everything from SBA to lines of credit, to term loan, to equipment um, financing, to inventory lines, really every type of lending that you would need. And from, uh, from the structure, from the process and having a great team that helps match owners to the right lending. Um, we've helped secure $2 billion now for um, owners in all types of industries all across the country.
0: Wow, good for you. Congratulations with your success. So, Joe, let's you. start, let's start from, from the beginning. So how did you get involved in becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I always knew I wanted to do something. I, I didn't know what that was. And, and, and uh, I, you know, I um, wanted to have some sort of a business. And I, I was in actually the, the, um, the consumer mortgage business, and um, I just happened to have a lot of referrals from accountants, and they were self-employed customers. And they all had challenges getting a mortgage, they maybe show up income, whatever it was. And a lot of them kept asking me for a business loan. And I, I didn't understand. I would say to them, well, why don't you just go to a bank? You've got a great business. And they said, oh, the banks are a pain. Um, you know, we, I don't have enough assets. I don't show enough income, whatever it was. It was just, it was such a big challenge. And, um, you know, finally, I, you know, one of those customers said, hey, can't you help me? You have all these bank relationships. Well, one of the banks I worked with had a commercial division. So I, you know, Went to them and I said, "I've got this great customer, they're local, um, built a great business, a restaurant, multiple restaurants, catering facility, uh, facility weddings, and uh, well-known in Long Island. And, um, in, uh, and uh, I said, he wants to really expand and open up the cany facility. Long story short, they laughed at me and they said, you know, we'll never fund a, you know, a restaurant business. <laughs> and, um, and I said, all right, well, can you point me in the right direction? And they pointed me to this private lender, sent me to another private lender. Ultimately, I, I wound up finding them a home and got them funded, got them the funding they need to expand their business. I watched them grow. It was amazing. It really fascinated me. And I found this whole world of private lending. And I said, wow, I said, it's it's so crazy to me. And this is back in like, you know, this is going back to like 05, 06. A lot of these lenders didn't have a website at the time. But it was amazing to me that there were there were solutions out there. There were lenders that were business focused. Some of them were large, some of them were publicly traded. And uh, and and no one knew about them unless you found them through like your accountant or an advisor or through a relationship. And I said, Wow, I said there, there's there's all these places out there. It fascinated me. And I said, I, I wanna be, I wanna be this guy, this consultant that helps owners access capital to grow their business. And I, I said, you know, no owner as an entrepreneur, you sh- if you've got a great business and an opportunity to grow. shouldn't be held back by growing that business it's just because of capital and i also felt like at the time i saw all these owners um you know either refinancing their house or using home equity credit lines to fuel their companies and in you know around 07 i said you know i just what was happening the mortgage business just didn't seem right things didn't make sense i was young but i was you know uh mature enough to identify that and i said well well home prices don't keep going like this and rates don't stay low and, and things tighten up and change. All of these owners are going to need access to capital and they're not going to be able to do through um, home equity credit lines anymore. So, um, you know, um, I you know, incorporated 07 and kind of went off on this mission and went right into the 08, 09 recession. It was a, it was a scary time, but it was a great, very early lesson to have in business at the time. It didn't feel that way. I, you know, <laughs> uh, I had, you know, was trying to build the business and, and, and also fuel my personal you know, lifestyle, which is not fun to do in the beginning, and any entrepreneur knows that. I mean, I had my house on my on the line, everything, credit cards. I mean, you name it, and uh, you know, fought through that like a warrior, and just kept going, and then just kept, you know, building processes, technology, people, and um, and just you know, continued to scale the company. I did it all without you know private equity. Um, you know, it wasn't easy, but we've become a leader now in the in the you know fintech or alternative business lending world um and uh you know it's been uh, it's been really amazing
0: that's great good for you so so tell me did did you always want to have your own business how did how did this all start you know i I did i didn't i didn't know
1: exactly what i i I wanted to do something i I was always very entrepreneurial from a young age you know i was like the kid selling candy in, in in school and uh you know i used to find old bikes in the neighborhood fix them up and sell them and you know, I was always trying to do anything to make, you know, money from, from, from a young age and, uh, you know, always working hard, always hustling, uh, you know, uh, and I always wanted to do something entrepreneurial. I really just didn't know what it was. And, and I think the opportunity kind of presented myself, you know, you know, presented itself and I just kind of ran with it and, um, you know, it went off on uh, went off on my own. Were you, were
0: you, were you nervous when you first incorporated, <laughs> were, you, were you married?
1: I wasn't married. I was single. I was 25 years old, so I was young. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I think you're kind of junk, drunk off your own potion. So it was like it's always very it's like mystical in the beginning. It's exciting, and you get going. and And I think you know, you talk to different owners, you completely underestimate the time it's going to take to build, right? Um, you completely underestimate what it's going to cost. <laughs> and 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 honestly, it's probably a good thing because you're kind of forced into it. Now, the, the, you know, it's either you keep going and you power through it and you just figure it out or you just crumble and you throw in the towel and you quit and you walk away from it. And, and, and I was like at that, you know, crossroads, especially when, you know, the, the crash happened. I racked up over $100,000 in credit card debt um, and had six figures of, of money that I saved, 401k, you name it. I went to like $700 on my bank account. It was a very scary time. I, you know, the world was like crumbling in that recession. And I just fought through it. I powered through it, um, and uh, and you know, and just kept you know fighting, and and just slowly and steadily climbed out of that. Cleaned everything up, and just kept constantly reinvesting into the business. And it really took about seven years for it all to come together. And you know, you, you know, you talk to people. I think if you tell you know if you told me that back then, I'd be like, yeah, right, seven years. I'll have this figured out. I thought I was gonna have it figured out in a year. You, you know, and. Um, you know, there's so many things to learn with starting a company, especially from zero. Right. You, you, know, it, you know, you've got to learn, you know, you know, people, you've got to learn how to build out processes, infrastructure, accounting, bookkeeping, marketing, um, sales, you know, the process of all that, it, you know, it's a lot of things, you know, and I, I think sometimes people think and, and owners think that because they're good at whatever it is that they do, you know, like if you're you know, a contractor, you're good at construction. It's way different running a business. If you're a, a great cook, it's different owning a restaurant. If you're a great doctor, that's amazing. But, you know, building a practice is is different. And um, it takes a lot of different skill sets. It takes people and it just takes time. Um, so, you know, I, I completely underestimated, you know, the uh, what I thought would take, you know, the time, but I stuck with it. But at year six, I didn't know if it was all worth it. You know, it was you know, just, you, you, you know, the business builds and, you know, you're dealing with, um, you know, a lot of things at once and you're really going to learn how to put, you know, the right people in place, management in place and really pull yourself out of the day to day. That was the hardest thing for me. And I think the hardest thing for any entrepreneur yep. is to get themselves out of the day to day.
0: It's true. It's true. So walk me through when you're in that moment, fighting the first year, two, three, four years, and, did you ever second guess yourself or think about taking another route? And when you did have that feeling, you pushed through, just walk us through that dynamic and what, what it was like and what got you to push through. And then to eventually 15 years later to be where you are today.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a really great question, uh, Phil. And, you know, it, you know, um, absolutely. I want, I, I thought about throwing in the towel. I thought, I thought, I thought about walking away and, you know, I, I worked hard, saved up a you know bunch of money and had, you know, debt and money into this thing. And you're like, you know, there's points where I'm like, what did I do? Hmm. You know? And, and so if I would have walked away at that moment, if I would have told you this story now, you would say, well, of course, it made sense. And what, what, what could have you done? You know? Right. Um, but I knew if I walked away, because I, I knew there was a real opportunity. I knew that I was onto something. I knew that if I walked away, I would have never like forgive like I would have never let that go. And I and I knew that I wouldn't be able to live with that. And I knew that at the very least I had to give it like my all be, before I just walked away. And and one of the biggest things cuz that was you know these were these were crazy times. This is 08, 010. This is coming out of like a huge financial crash and it was devastating for a lot of people. So, you know, I think that the biggest thing that got me through it was really my mindset. You know, I really, I knew that I had to keep my mind in check and I had to show up at the office every day, which initially was my spare bedroom. And then, you know, and then I, you know, you know, uh, got a small office, but I knew that if I, if I didn't show up every day, like, you know, now you've got this debt piling up, you've got bills piling up you know, you're, you're not bringing enough money and fast enough You get all these things that are really, really stressful. I knew that if I didn't show, I I had to show up every single day and act like none of that was happening. And I knew that if I didn't do that, um, I wouldn't be able to make it. And I literally showed up every day and acted like life was good. And it really was not. Um, and I just hustled hard. I worked around the clock, you know, my friends were, were going out and having a party and whatever. And, and you know, leading up to 0809, everyone was kind of having a party back then in those times, you know, the 03 through 07, 0809. So a lot of people didn't want to give that up. And, and listen, at, at my age, I think you know, that's kind of what most people are doing, right? I, I I sacrificed not going out, you know, I was working till 11, 12 o'clock at night, one o'clock in the morning. I'd be, you know, at the office at seven, seven thirty, doing it all over again. I worked Saturdays, Sundays, and just grinded and just really worked my way you know, um, you know, to, uh, to, you know, uh, to, you know, overcoming, you know, I think those big challenges in the beginning and to, uh, and to get the company to a place where I can start, you know, hiring and really growing.
0: That's great. uh, You know, there's a saying in Italian, I won't say it in Italian, I'll say it in English, but it's, it's, you know, work hard when you're younger so you can enjoy life when you're older. And, you know, it's kind of the mentality I've always had. I remember saying it to myself when I started my own, you know, I'd always had Palumbo wealth management in the major firms, and I always remember when I first started at 22 years old, right out of college, I hustled and worked hard. I was—I mean, I, I'd work until 10, 11 o'clock at night. I feel like someone hitting the head with a frying pan. Literally, that's how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. And I did yeah. that. I pushed hard for like 10, 12 years, you know, and nobody was in the office when I left. Nobody was in the office when I got to the office. And I knew I was giving up. Friends would call me, Phil, meet us at a bar, meet us here, meet us there. And, you know, yeah. like, why are you working so hard type thing? And But I knew... I knew that this was the right thing to do because eventually when I got married, I was 29 years old and I had children. And now, I, you know, I never missed a kid's, you know, uh, game, whatever it is, basketball, lacrosse, soccer. I'm always there. I'm able to coach now and able to do the things I want to do because I put that time in the beginning. Right. So totally agree with you. And and going back to like mindset, we said before, you know, I remember when I launched my own wealth management firm, there was a lot of work to be done. And there were times where it felt like when I ran the marathon, I remember like getting to mile 17, I hit a wall. I'm like, holy cow, I'm going to war, but you keep pushing through it. Then mile like 20 came about. I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna finish this marathon? But you just push through it. And like, and I had those moments when I was launching my own firm and going through that process. But like you just said, and I know how you feel. And that's why I asked you that question because I think it's important for our audience to know that we all go through these moments you know, as business owners, where you feel like, quote unquote, giving up, but you don't because you have this certain belief and this passion, you know, you have to finish that, you know, cross that finish line. And it's so important to the process. And, you know, every day, as you know, Joe, there's always things that we have to do to continue to get better and grow, right? Rather than just stay stagnant and just deal with and, uh, and work with clients. Yeah, you know, we want to get better. We want to be better. We're doing, you know, for me for investing and so I can perform better for clients. So it's just always this ongoing experience.
1: The growth doesn't end, you know, I say like the growth ends when you, uh, when you're dead,
0: <laughs> you know, totally hundred percent, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. I really believe that. Yep. Why, why, why weren't you ever an employee?
1: Well, I was an employee, you know, I, I worked, you know, in, you know, had first jobs in high school when I, <laughs> I worked at, I <laughs> in, in, in funny story, in 12th grade at PC Richards, I worked part-time. I made $40,000 a year in 12th grade. I worked every single weekend. I worked as, as many hours I could without, uh, going over like the part-time that you were allowed when you're cool or whatever it is, of being under 18. And, um, I used to get in trouble for going over the, uh, going over the hours. And I think, you know, at the time, like the substitute teachers made like $35,000 a year, just to put that in perspective. And, um, so you know, I, I, I did that. I've, I've had a number of different jobs. You know, a lot of sales jobs. Um, I worked at a car dealership really young. I was in the mortgage business. So I've always had like sales jobs. Always been a top performer. Um, and 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 those were all really great experiences. I took a lot of those different you know experiences. And there was other odds and end things that I would do, or you know, on nights and weekends, um, you know, anything to uh, to make some extra money when I was younger. Um, and I took all those experiences and really rolled it into you know when I started the company. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know, so even though I was young, I was 25 years old, I still had, you know, a pretty decent amount of, of work experience at that age. I had jobs that were really beyond my years when I was in the mortgage business. I was like 20, so I think I started when I was 20 years old and I remember showing up at people's houses they're like, you know, I, I had a deeper voice. So I'd show up right. and people be like, you're, you're Joe, how old are you? And I had, I still have a baby face, but I mean, when I was, you know, when I was 20, I looked like I was, you know, 16, you know, so um, and they would laugh, but I took it serious. They appreciated, it. and and uh, and, um, and I, I always was a top performer, and and you always, usually outperformed people that were twice my age, um, and it, and it all just came down to hard work, and just caring, and wanting to learn, and you know being curious, you know, and, and all that stuff. And um, so I did have a you know a decent amount of experience rolling into this, but there was a lot of lessons, a lot of learning lessons you know, um, starting, especially young, you know, I was hiring, you know, I think I started hiring You know, my first employee around, you know, I don't know, I was maybe 27, 28 years old. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was, it was fun doing that, you know, first, uh, you know, interview, I was, you know, nervous and you know, it's right. kind of funny when you look back.
0: <laughs> would, you ever, would you ever go back to being an employee?
1: Um, I don't know. You, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to tie me down. I'm so, I'm so entrepreneurial. You, you know. Um, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I couldn't, I can't really see that, you know, but I, I never like to say I would never do anything. I mean, you know, who knows what happens later on in, you know, later on in life.
0: How do you stay organized?
1: Um, you know, I, I have good people around me, you know, that help keep me organized because I am a visionary. Um, I, I, you know, I move fast. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not the, um. You know, I don't have that, you know, that personality of, you know, I, I don't like slow down for the details. There's certain details that I'm very interested in that I pay a lot of attention to the important ones, but, you know, I really help surround myself with good people, whether it's a, you know, great executive, you know, assistant and a really great team that help, you know, keep me organized and on track. Um, Cause I'm just, you know, I'm just going.
0: <laughs> you, are you good at delegating?
1: i and am how, and how and, important and I,
0: how important is how important is for someone to learn how to delegate versus being it, such a micro person
1: i don't like to micromanage i think delegation is a learned skill I, you know um and i really think you need to learn how to delegate and i still you know have my challenges with it i think as an owner especially in the beginning you know you don't want to release things you're afraid to trust people i remember saying like uh, in in the beginning no one could ever do this one thing that I was doing. I, you know, it's just too complicated. It's whatever you make up all these reasons. Well, that one thing that I'm talking about that I'm thinking of now, there's probably been 10 different people you know, that have done it you know, uh, you know, in the last you know, five or 10 years, or whatever. Um, so you know, I think in the beginning, you're just really scared to release things. You're scared to hire people. You're scared to trust people. And you really can't grow and scale. Um, unless you have trust in other people you know you've got to make those good hires and sometimes you make a hire they don't work out you can't give up that you have to rehire again it's an opportunity to find someone who's better um and you just got to keep going but you've really you know you've got to you delegate things out um and um and release yourself like i keep as the business goes you have to keep replacing the things that you know you're doing and um and i think i've done that well over the years and be you know if I didn't do that I and mean, you know we have, um you know over seventy internal people you know and and twenty five external people it's a lot of people to manage, um if I didn't have a team if I didn't delegate things there'd be no way to be able to have the you know the team that we have the company that we have, uh, it's just it's just impossible.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And when I learned how to delegate and I learned the concept of, of delegation because especially when I first started the business first like ten years like I wanted to handle the paperwork I wanted to, you know, speak <laughs> to the client the whole entire way. And then when it came down to, and just because I just I felt like nobody can do it as good as I'm going to do it. And then when I learned about delegation and I came down to that moment, I'm like, moment where I'm like, okay, you're going to take care when the client's ready to come on board. And when the client needs something, you're going to call the client, you're going to take care and walk the client through. And I remember that moment when I started to delegate and I was so nervous, but then once like two or three situations uh, went, went about and And I spoke to the clients. I was concerned that the client was going to say, well, I really don't like that you didn't take me through this. And they didn't say anything. And it was just like business as usual. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden, like all that time freed up for me and then gave me more time to take care of the investment piece, the financial planning piece and managing clients and speaking to them, et cetera. So delegation for me, and I'm sure every other entrepreneur that may be listening to this, is so tremendous. If you don't know how to delegate and you can't delegate and you're a micro person, there's no way you can grow your business or manage yeah. efficiently and effectively to perform well for your clients. 100%. And I think
1: that's like you hit the nail on the head. And I was just going to say, by you delegating, you're able to give uh, better quality time to your clients Yes, because you're not worried about, oh my God, I got to do this. I got to do that. I have to get to this. Right. And they're going to get better service because you have a team doing those operational things that need to get done. Um, but they are done. They're on point. And I'm sure your customers appreciate that. And then on top of that, you know, I think, you know, you get in the business because you want to win. You want to be successful. You want to make money. Um, but the reality is, you know, once you start making money, like, and, and, you know, you hit goals and go beyond wherever it is that you were thinking, it's really the time that matters. And, you know, if you don't delegate, you, it doesn't it doesn't matter how much money you're making. If you can't have some time for yourself and be able to walk out of your business, and uh, without, you know, and, and, and your business is still able to operate, then what are you really, you're not, you're not really building a business, you're just building a job around yourself. And, and uh, you you're know, to me, it doesn't make sense.
0: hundred percent right. I literally was talking to one of my colleagues who works next to my office, great guy, super smart guy. And he, we were talking about employees, et cetera. And, and he was saying, he goes, you know, if I don't have this particular employee we were talking about, he goes, I can never have the lifestyle that I have. So yes, it costs money to have that one or two extra employees, but it's, it's money that is so well spent because we can spend more time with our family and, our, and enjoy our lifestyle. Because if you're not enjoying your lifestyle, you're not joining your family. And what are we working so hard for? Exactly right.
1: And, and I think, you know, you know, too, it's it, you know, I think I, you know, I've had to, and, and you, you sometimes have to take a step or two back to take five forward. You know, you may bring on that key hire that you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm spending this. And it it actually might affect, you know, your your profit, you know, for the year or what, you know, what you would pay yourself or whatever. And you, you know, or you might go through a spurt of hiring and you've got to take a step back in profitability in order to take, you know, massive steps forward. And I think as you grow your business, you're constantly like taking some steps back, growing some steps back, growing further, you know, and I, I feel like it's like this never ending, uh, you know, process of that. And, um, you know, and and listen, in the beginning, you got to do what you have to do to get started. You got to do it all. You got to wear all the hats. You got to get things going, but you you know, once things are going, you're driving revenue, you know, you got to start reinvesting and and, and building out the team and don't be afraid to take those steps back.
0: Totally agree with you. Totally agree. Tell me three top three things that you've learned as an entrepreneur that you would tell a young person who's looking to start a business.
1: Well, one I mentioned is things take way longer than you think. It takes a solid five to seven years to really get your company in a great place, especially if you're starting something from the beginning. So it takes more time. Don't give up. Uh, Success is around the corner. Um, I'd say uh, change is constant. Um, Things are going to keep changing. The market's going to keep changing. Don't fight it. Don't let it aggravate you. Fall in love with change. Um, because I've kept changing. It's what's made me successful. It's what's made our company successful. If I didn't change, we'd be dead in the water. Um, and once I realized, I always thought when I got to here that it would be all good, you know, the, the change is just constant. You got to keep up with that. Um, and just to keep growing, you know, um, you know, business doesn't stop. The learning doesn't stop. And, um, you know, I, I continue to stay curious and, and continue to learn. And because of that, I pick up new things, um, build new relationships. Um, and and continue to adapt and um, you know uh, and change in this environment, you know. Look at where we were, you know. The iPhone I think came out in two thousand and seven, so what is that? You know, fifteen years ago. Um, look at what's changed in the last fifteen years. Imagine what the next fifteen years are going to look like, if it's only moving faster.
0: That's right. That's right. Good stuff. Good stuff. And lastly, Joe, with the when you think about the economy, where we are today, in the business that you're in. Are you seeing any slowing as a result so, of people's people's concerns with um, possible recession down the road, et cetera? Yeah, people are
1: definitely uh, thinking and concerned. I mean, you turn on the news, and all, all every every news article is recession, recession, recession. So if you're not concerned, you know, you're like living under a rock. Um, but you know what's interesting is is you know we're still. People are active. Businesses are are you know growing. Um, they're getting back after it. Um, we've been extremely busy, um, you know. And the customers we see have opportunity and they're taking advantage of it. What I am seeing where 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 there are challenges are businesses that are tied to materials or commodities. So if you're like in the construction um, contracting industry, materials are changing. The prices are changing constantly. Oil is going you know up and down constantly and more up. Um, so um, we're seeing where owners are having issues right now. They've got the work, and people are paying, you know, uh, for the work. Some of them might be delayed because they're delayed in getting paid from something else. But we're still seeing things moving. Um, but when it's tied to materials, we're seeing people that have to price out jobs um, are are mispricing because they're not adjusting their prices often enough. Right, <laughs> and then they're they're doing work that's really not profitable, either really low margins or or, or even you know worse in, in, in the negative. So you really got to be proactive with your pricing. You can't be afraid to up your prices right now. Um, you know, and people are saying, "Hey, I don't want to lose customers." But if you don't, if you don't, you know, if you're not profitable, then you're not in business. You don't have any customers, right. and you can't service those customers. So you know, you really got to pay attention right now. And I, I think, I think in any market, there's always opportunity. I think in a downturn, a recession, there's even more opportunity because everyone freaks out and pulls back. So I think it's a real time to be very um, eyes wide open and, and know and understand what's going on. I think it's very different from state to state. I think it's very different from industry to industry. So you can't get wrapped up in what other people are talking about. You got to get wrapped up in your industry and your business and where you're located right. and make decisions based on that. And, um, you know, and listen, my business is lending. If you're in business, you don't have a a, a, a lending relationship. You know, now is the time to have those financing relationships in place, whether it's a bank, whether it's a non-bank lender like myself, um, and, and whether it's even, you know, friends and family, like you really want to have those relationships in place because, you know, um, and you want to be prepared, especially financially, because if we do go into downturn, you know, the, the person with the most money is going to be able to win and take
0: advantage of the opportunity. Right, right. I agree. I agree. So, Jay, you've been great. Thank you for such, such great uh, advice for every, all my listeners and, and feedback perspectives. Congratulations on all your success. Look forward to you and I growing a relationship together, working together with our clients. So uh, so let's stay in touch.
1: Yeah, same here. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. And, and congrats on all your success uh, as well, too.
0: Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it.